You're listening to the Self-Made is a Myth, Make a Difference Together show with your host, Coach Tim Campsall, where we talk with successful business owners to hear the stories of their journeys in building their successful businesses. And more importantly, we recognize the folks who help them excel because we know that achieving business success is not something we can do on our own. Hello, everyone. This is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from Indiana with us today. My guest played basketball for four years at Marion University and is currently the president of the board of the Alumni Association. In his downtime, he enjoys spending time with his family, playing and watching sports of all kinds, and he's most proud of his continuous goal of self-improvement. It's my pleasure to welcome Alex to the show today. Hello, Alex. Hello, Tim. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. I'm, I'm uh, really excited to to join you and uh, talk a little more about uh, uh, myself, but also about my my journey of uh, really how um, I came to the position that we are today. So, fantastic. Well, hey, let's start with having you um, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit of your personal story, like where you were born and live, about your family and hobbies. I always say I haven't uh, I haven't ventured very far. So I was born in the uh, greater Indianapolis uh, area. Uh, went to college, as you mentioned, downtown at uh, Marion University, and slowly worked my way north. And now live on the north side of Indianapolis. So <laughs> not much of a world traveler from that standpoint. But uh, I'm married and have a uh, a five year old son and a uh, two year old daughter coming this Friday. So uh, uh, she'll be two um, um, at the end of the week. So we're excited about that and uh, always keeps it uh, keeps it very exciting and, and uh, a lot of action at all times as you can probably imagine so. yeah absolutely and what's your wife's name my wife's name is Mallory fantastic We've been married this year will be our 10th wedding anniversary so wonderful and um, in your intro I said that you like sports of all kind what's your favorite sport to attend so uh, probably basketball uh, always a big uh, football fan, Colts fans, uh, but um, basketball would probably be uh, first and foremost in terms of what I like to watch. And in terms of playing now, I don't play as much basketball as I used to, but I still play uh, quite a bit of golf when I can uh, find a, a spare moment. So Colts fan, it's been tough on us for the last uh, few years, hasn't it? You know what it has, and it looked like this season there was a little glimmer of hope yeah. of what the future might look like, but with some injuries, which tends to happen in football, but uh, we'll see. I'm still optimistic for the future. So. <laughs> Alex, is there a funny story that your family likes to tell about you that you'd be willing to share with us today? Sure. I don't know if it's a funny story, but more of a, a, a something that my family likes to make fun of me for. Perfect. Is, we love those uh, is, uh, <laughs> I am a, I'm a big fan of karaoke, believe it or not. So um, a lot of times when I tell people that I, I, I'm a karaoke aficionado they say oh you must be a, a good singer and you know not so much uh, I like to say what I what I make up for I'm not I'm not embarrassing by any means but I like to say what I make up for in talent I, I uh, fill in with enthusiasm so ah. uh, they, they like to give me a hard time uh, about my uh, my passion for karaoke. yeah what's your favorite song to sing you know what? I have a I have a whole set list so it depends on <laughs> depends on the crowd I could go anywhere from from uh, Michael Jackson to Vanilla Ice to Maroon Five to to uh, Morgan Wallen and anywhere in between. So nice. So you pull out a little Ice Ice Baby. 
Ice Ice Baby. That's right. You, you got it. <laughs> Love it. Alex, tell us about how the business came about and at what point did you have the confidence you could run your own business? Yeah. So I think you, you know, you kind of just come into it. I don't know if there's ever a, a switch that flips and just say, <laughs> I, I think I'm ready, right? It, it just kind of morphs over time. But essentially how I got started in the business is uh, um, I was actually an intern with uh, my business partner uh, and um, started with him. And, and he was he was great in terms of getting me involved. And uh, he and I had built up uh, the practice um, for about eight or nine years and uh, almost got to a point that we were at capacity and, and couldn't uh, bring on any new clients. So um, we decided to forge out and, and, and maybe join some team with some infrastructure. But um, it's been a great ride and, and um, you know, the business itself has continued to grow and it's just been successful. But in terms of knowing I was ready to be a business owner, uh, I think you just, you know, the, the duties and responsibilities slowly trickle onto your plate and, and eventually you're a business owner, right? So uh, uh, that's the way it worked out for me anyway. And I think that's, you know, talking to a lot of my peers that uh, a lot of times is the way that it, it just ends up working out. So so tell us more about the company. Um, what's the name? What do you guys do? How do you help people? Yeah, so we are Shepherd Financial and uh, specialize in uh, retirement plans on my side of things. So um, we are the largest uh, retirement plan advisory firm in the state of Indiana and one of the largest in uh, the Midwest. My 100% focus is on employer-sponsored plans, 401ks, 403bs, 457 plans, and non-qualified deferred comp, things like that. But helping employers uh, manage those benefits, helping employers you know, uh, use the retirement plan as a recruiting and retention tool um, to, to, to gather talent. So um, you know, as the business came to be, as I mentioned, um, I was an intern uh, when I was at Marion. It seems like long, almost 15 years ago now. Uh, and I started and, and what I was doing as an intern is I was going around to a lot of my business partners, um, uh, retirement planning clients and um, sitting down with those folks that weren't enrolled. And we had a couple of accounts that were, you know, lower income folks. Um, that tend to not participate in a plan. And my job was to go around to the 44 locations and sit down with them and just explain, you know, how the retirement plan works. And from there, morphed into a full-time job. And, and from there, morphed into uh, a 50-50 partnership. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, it really, um, uh, we hit capacity. My business partner at the time was 64, I believe. Um, and we had to make a decision of whether it was time to um, um, you know, invest some capital into some some uh, additional individuals or join a team with some infrastructure and him being 64 at the time wasn't overly excited, as you can imagine, about making a huge uh, capital infusion into the business um, with his timeline, you know, getting closer to, to retirement um, happening. So uh, we went out and looked at a couple other firms and ultimately decided to merge our practice in with uh, Shepherd Financial. So been here for now for uh, four going on five years and uh, it's been great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Awesome. So everyone listening, make sure to check out the company in the link in the description uh, and uh, go visit Alex on LinkedIn and let him know that you watched his interview. So, hey, Alex, share a story where someone pushed or inspired you that you could do it. And even though maybe you didn't have the confidence that you could and the impact that that person had on you. Yeah, that's a great question. And, and, you know, I've mentioned my business partner several times, but but his name is George. George Lauk 
uh, really is my mentor in addition to my business partner. And, you know, I can't thank George enough for, for all he's done for me over the years, but really where I, I see that he made the biggest impact is, is giving me the opportunity. And he put me in a lot of situations where he and I, for the first couple of years, were almost tied at the hip, but anytime you'd see George, you'd see me and, and vice versa. So I was exposed to a lot of situations and in a lot of meetings that, you know, someone in their, you know, early to mid twenties wouldn't necessarily be in with other business owners and, and, and C-suite individuals running companies. So, um, you know, George always encouraged me, I wouldn't say pushed so much, but encouraged me to, to get involved and, and, you know, um, take action in those meetings where, um, you know, not, I didn't always feel overly confident that I was ready to, to take on the opportunity or, or the, the project at hand, but George always encouraged me to, to, to take, um, you know, responsibility and ownership of those jobs. And, and, uh, I'm very grateful that he has, and it's kind of helped me morph into some of the skill sets and, and experiences that I've had today. What a great, um, long-term view that George had to, cause oftentimes it's, it's just easier for us to do it ourselves, right? Versus coach and train and teach someone else to do it. So, 100%. what a blessing that that he had that uh, you know that long term view and patience to to uh, you know take you through that learning process. Absolutely, no, he had uh, extreme uh, foresight and wisdom in, in that capacity, and it, it, it's kind of funny now. I started as his intern. And through our process with him starting to phase out, now I'm his boss. So uh, <laughs> it's kind of come full circle, and we we joke about that a lot. But but uh, no, George has been a, a great you know not only mentor and business partner, but also a great friend you know for the last 15 years. Well, well, it's a good thing he treated you well because now that you're his boss, karma karma can <laughs> be an correct, correct, <laughs> correct. He he he, he uh, he's taking great care of me and. Uh, and uh, I, I make sure I want to pay that for <laughs> So Alex, what's your biggest learning as a business owner? You know, I think, you know, when, when you're not necessarily a business owner, you have these grandiose visions of, of what you would do when you're in leadership and, and how you would run and run the company and, and, and all that. So at Shepherd Financial now, we have about 35 going on, I think 36 here in a couple of weeks, uh, team member strong. And, um, you know, you want to, you know, encourage uh, a very positive uh, work environment and all that. But what I've found is, is um, you just have to make decisions on what you think is best for uh, the organization and best for, for everyone, because it doesn't matter any decision that you make is, is might not going to, you know, make a hundred percent of, of the workforce happy, but you just have to do what you think is best and, and move forward for the health of, of the company and health of yourself and this health of, of the individuals and their families of our employees. So I think that, that decision-making is key because too many people can get stuck in the, in the uncertainty of what's going to result and therefore not make a decision at all. And, and as business owners, we have to make decisions, right? If we sit on the fence, we're going to fail. Um, versus if we make a decision and start to execute it and maybe it doesn't quite go the way we wanted it to but we won't even have that learning right, if we don't move forward so i appreciate you sharing that because i think there's a lot of folks listening that that maybe are you know hesitant to make those decisions because of the things you're saying right not everyone's going to agree with it and what if i offend someone and and so on and so right. on so right. how do you how do you navigate through that 
you know, what I'll call it a fear for lack of a better word of, you know, fear of offending someone or disappointing someone. How do you navigate through that? Yeah, again, I think it all just goes back to making decisions on on what you think is best. And, and uh, you know, there's the nice quote, um, you're never you're never wrong to do the right thing. And uh, yeah. and, you know, sometimes the right thing isn't uh, always the right thing to everybody. But you know, <laughs> having your own having your own moral compass and, and what you think is right. And as long as you're making decisions, you know, not for selfish reasons or, uh, um, you know, self-interest, I think that. You know, making decisions becomes a lot easier when you can uh, look at it maybe through that uh, scope versus versus you know in a vacuum. So that's awesome. Hey, Alex, we know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So tell us about your biggest challenge uh, over the years as a business owner, and and maybe a fellow owner who came alongside you and helped you through that. Yeah. So so you know, George. You know, prior to us making the transition over to Shepherd Financial, George was was he and I making all the decisions and it was very easy because we were two uh two owners making the decision that impacts two people right so uh <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't uh, that big of a a challenge really but now moving forward uh over the last four years here with shepherd i have uh five other business partners uh that are that are owners in the uh the organization and um it, it's very a nice to have those folks as a sounding board and and really a decision making as a committee uh because they're all you know have a lot of experience uh have been in the same situations you know over decades amount of time so whenever i come across a situation that maybe i'm unfamiliar with or 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 would like you know a second opinion i always have that nice resource to to, to fall back on to talk to my business partners and and uh gather what uh maybe what they think is best or their two cents. Yeah, because sometimes it can be very lonely at the top. So, you know, having that that group to be able to go to right, get allows you to, it sounds like, you know, can get out of your own head and say, hey, I'm I'm kind of stuck here. I, I'm not sure how to think through this process. So you know. no, that, that that and that's exactly right. There's, you know, there's always things that when we're making decisions, maybe we don't always think about uh, in the time being. So having, you know, a few backups to double check uh, uh, the decision and, and double check uh, the, the reasoning and rationale behind the decision, I think is always a good thing. Alex, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit and uh, yeah. ask you to pick three people in your business owner journey that you're most grateful for them being there to help you with your business's growth. So who are those three people and how'd they help you? Yeah, well, of course, we've talked a lot about George so far. So George would would certainly be in in the top three. Um, I think also in addition to my my current business partners, uh, my parents. So my dad is actually uh, just retired a, a, a few years ago, a handful of years ago, but he was also a business owner himself. So uh, I, I saw firsthand growing up what that looks like and and the uh, the ups and the downs of of entrepreneurship. Uh, so he was an owner of a, a construction company. So, you know, it kind of, it, it ebbs and flows with the market, right? When, when things are going well and, you know, 2008 is a good example of that. Um, their company, you know, was, was uh, funded well and, and had, you know, strong financial fundamentals that uh, they weren't over leveraged. So they didn't get themselves in trouble, but, you know, definitely seeing uh, the cycles of business and, and how that affects not only him as an individual, but really the family as a whole um was was uh, enlightening to see and then you know my third one is is my wife uh, obviously um 
a lot of the decisions that are made around our working careers and, and uh, going into business for ourselves and, and being an, an entrepreneur and an owner uh, always, you know, comes back to our, our family lives. And, and my wife is incredibly supportive and um, um, uh, cannot thank her enough for, for all that she's done, both for me personally and, and helping with the family and, and helping me really grow as an individual. And we always, we always laugh at our younger selves, right? When we think about when we first met when we were 20 years old and, and where we are today, and just uh, not only the differences in our lives, but also the differences uh, that we are as people. So, Fantastic. I love it. And what's your dad's name? My dad's name is Jim, Jim Sylvester. So my dad uh, uh, owned a construction company and has actually since passed that down to my brother, who is running that construction company. My mom also uh, a great uh, um, journey in her career. She worked at Eli Lilly for uh, just short of 50 years, I believe. So um, had, a, had a long career there and, and uh, had success in her own right. Wonderful. Alex, as you think about the next three to five years, what's the biggest challenge that you see that you're going to face in getting to your goals? And who are the types of people that you'll need to solve that challenge? Yeah, so that that that's a great question. And, I, you know, we work with uh, 250 plus um, uh, companies today to help administer retirement plans. And I think our uh, challenges, especially over the last few years, have been um, um, what most people are experiencing and just the challenge of, of workforce. Right. I think there are, are fewer and fewer um, training programs out there where we don't have that pool of, of young talent coming in that's that's you know getting in at the entry level positions. Um, that's always a challenge. Um, obviously, um, it seems like everyone's competing for talent in in one capacity or another. So um, we have tremendous growth goals, which is great, and and we've been successful in meeting those goals. Um, you know, especially since I've been here the last four years, I can attest to that. Um, and we want to keep that trajectory, but you know, it becomes harder and harder the bigger you get to to stay on that trajectory. So. You know, continuing to build out our infrastructure um, to allow for that growth. Uh, we think we have a lot of opportunity and we really think that our process and our services and capabilities are, are, are a big differentiator in the market. So we do think that uh, um, we can continue to grow that story, but it's just getting the, the infrastructure and really the people uh, component in place to make sure that we can, can, can continue to grow like you know, we want to. Um, you you mentioned it a couple times in your answer that the the finding those people in this competitive marketplace has been been tough. So one of the things that that can help differentiate for everyone listening is you know making sure that you've got your your culture defined and and the vision and the mission of your company defined because people want to be part of something bigger than themselves. They want to you know feel like they're they're making an impact in the marketplace or or in their communities that they're you know, that, that coming to work every day is meaningful in that bigger and greater good. So the mistake a lot of us can make is to hire, you know, just based on skills and experiences and, and you know, and, and even post the job description out on job boards instead of turning it into a, a, a marketing ad where you're, you're romancing the company and you're talking about the, the, the values and the beliefs of the company because We've all had experiences where we've made a bad hire, right? And we don't, and it's not a good cultural fit and it, it destroys the, you know, the environment for everybody. So that's the right. slow fire, fast mentality of making sure we're getting the right people on the bus. 
That's right. No, that that's that's uh, I 100% uh, agree with that and and um, you know getting the right folks uh, in the right seats on the bus is what we like to say. So uh, that I I, uh, I certainly can attest and and again I think that culture component is big because we work with you know uh, manufacturing and construction and social workers and higher ed and everywhere in between. So we see uh, a lot of different uh, employee demographics and those companies that really are successful have that defined culture. And, you know, and it starts really from the top down uh, in terms of, you know, the, the, the leadership and the belief in the culture. It's not just a mission statement that, you know, that's up on the wall or up on the website. It's are we actually following that mission statement and, and acting and making decisions, you know, based on that. And I like earlier what you said about, you know, making decisions based on doing the right thing and following that moral compass or or following, you know, the company values and beliefs. It helps to make those decisions a whole lot easier, right? Because it's kind of becomes black and white of, hey, this, you know, this person's not aligned to our culture. They're not following our internal code and they might be a great person, but right, it might be time to part ways just because right, it's not, it's not the right fit. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. So Alex, last question here, Jim Rohn, an amazing uh, business guru says that we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So as you think about that, what advice would you have for business owners who are trying to do it on their own? Yeah, I, again, I think um, finding that peer um, is always uh, something that's very helpful. Again, having that sounding board, because we do see a lot of times, you mentioned it earlier, it's lonely at the top, right? Um, having someone that's in your shoes and, and goes through the same experiences uh, that you will, because, you know, it's easy to be a, a Monday morning, you know, a couch quarterback, right? Uh, of, <laughs> of, of, of saying, well, that, that was not a very smart decision, but actually having somebody that's been in the trenches with you uh, or been, you know, a similar experience that, that understands and feels what you've gone through is, is um, invaluable. Uh, so having that peer or that mentor, I think is, is key to uh, being a successful um, entrepreneur and, and really building out that network. So it doesn't necessarily always have to be a direct peer, but you know, whether it's an accountant or an attorney or another professional individual that again, uh, can, can, can really, um, share their experiences in, in dealing with their own businesses or dealing with, you know, uh, similar type, uh, clients or companies that, uh, will be able to add, add some value to whatever situation or decision that has to be made. I like the, the, the word peer that you use because, um, it doesn't always have to be a partnership like the model that you had where you know you had you had your partner George and now have expanded to to multiple partners it doesn't have to be that model it can be you know you meet somebody at a networking event that has a similar you know type of business that you know you're willing to to share stories and encourage and motivate one another and 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 to your point right have somebody that you can reach out to to ask questions and, and, you know, motivate and challenge one another. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You mentioned networking. So um, uh, things I hear a lot is, well, I don't want to bother that other business owner because, you know, they're probably busy. They're not going to have time for me. So can you just talk a little bit about that in terms of your perspective on, you know, somebody, a fellow business owner reaching out and saying, Hey, Alex, can I get a few minutes with you? Yeah, that's that's a great question, and and it's a it's a little bit of a cliche these days. You know, your network is your net worth, right? Uh, but it, it's absolutely true, and and business is built on relationships, um, and, and ours is certainly 
true to that. Um, we have a lot of partnerships uh, with a lot of organizations and um, continuing to, to build those is, is absolutely key. Um, I think in terms of how do you build those strong relationships, it's, it's um, I encourage, I reach out to uh, folks that I admire as business owners and, and, and really as individuals just to say, hey, I just want to, you know, take you for breakfast. And then, you know, I think sometimes uh, when I do that the first time, they think, well, you know, what do you want from me? What are you trying to sell me? But, but it's really, I just want to pick their brain and, and you know, see about the situations and, and, and gather some experience. Because back to my early days when I was just learning, I learned through osmosis, right? I was just in the room and, and was listening to the conversation. So being able to listen to those folks um, through that networking, because uh, obviously there are times where you, you'd like um, you know, help from those individuals, or maybe you'd like business from those individuals, but going into it with a mentality of maybe I can help this person, and then you know, it comes full circle. So uh, um, if you always have your hand out, I think there's going to be a lot of folks that do shy away, right? But if you're going to it with a mentality that I want to learn, and I maybe want to help this individual, uh, I, I think a lot of folks like to, to talk about that, right? Like you said earlier, uh, it's lonely at the top. I'm going to keep coming back to that. You know, business owners like to talk to, to other business owners and, and share that commonality that you have uh, of the situations uh, that you've been in. So, You mentioned um, just making sure that folks don't think you're wanting to sell them. I, I think that's important to to, to communicate that. I, a previous guest had mentioned, you know, even being overt about, hey, I, I noticed that you wrote a post about this or a video about this. And, and that's something that I could benefit from in my business. So would you be willing to, you know, gift me 30 minutes of your time to, to, to share a little bit more about that so I can learn from you? And right, that, that flips the script in terms of, I'm not trying to meet with you to sell you something. I'm, I want to learn from you. And, you know, and people, enjoy talking about themselves and right and and love the idea that they can help somebody else with their knowledge and wisdom so right if we communicate it correctly uh much more opportunity for somebody to say or probability for somebody to say yes and, and gift us their time right correct 100 correct so so alex um it's been awesome having you on the show it sounds like you've had some incredible people that you know have been uh, beneficial in your journey. If they were all on the show here today, what would you want to say to them? You know, I, I want to say uh, first and foremost, thank you. So I, I try to do a, a good job at uh, expressing my gratitude for you know those individuals over the years. They they know they've made a, a big impact on my life, and um, you know, I, I of course my wife and and my family I see all the time, but. Um, you know, my business partner, George, I've mentioned a few times now, I, I'm forever grateful. I, I even kind of a fun fact here. I even uh, uh, forever memorialized my gratitude. I named my daughter after him. So my daughter's oh. Georgia named after George. And uh, um, again, I, I couldn't can't thank, you know, uh, all my all my um, uh, network and my team um, for all that they've done over the years. It's been I've been extremely fortunate to, to be in the situations that I've been in and, and have the knowledge base and, and opportunities that they've presented. So forever grateful for, for everyone that's been a part of my uh, now 15, 16 year career. So, Alex, it's been awesome chatting with you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Tim, again, very honored to be on the show and thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Self-Made is a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campsall.
Please help spread this movement by liking and subscribing to our show and following us on Facebook and LinkedIn or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. To join our movement, go to BeMadTogether.com. Okay, folks, that's a wrap. Please pay it forward and be sure to tune in next time to the Self-Made is a Myth podcast.